This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Well, hello out there, everybody. This is Winnie the Pooh and Tigger, too. And uh, also some guy named Jim Cummings. You're not going to believe this, but you are listening to the Canned Air Podcast. Good job. Keep it up. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Candare, a tribute to comics and pop culture. I am Jeremy Colley. I'm Jack Doherty. I'm Jake Runyon. And joining us today to talk about his comic, Packs of the Low Country, John Dudley. Thanks so much for being with us, John. Great to be here. How are you guys doing tonight? Oh, I'm, we're doing great. I, I'm doing bad. great. I guess I can't speak for you guys, but yeah, I think we're doing good. I'm looking forward to a fun episode. I'm doing mid to moderate, Jeremy. That works. We'll, we'll get that up. We'll okay. get that up. I'm we'll see where it, we'll see where it takes us. Okay. Just okay. <laughs> I was about to say we'll get gusses. that up too, but that doesn't really sound good. I, maybe I shouldn't be saying we'll get that up. That's kind of gross. But uh, perfectly acceptable. Moderate, moderate, moderate day. <laughs> Very medium. Uh, in our retro roundtable this week, we're going to be looking back into pop culture history once again because we've we had sure so much luck with that recently. We have mm-hmm. good jumping off points. Yeah. And it yeah. really doesn't matter what week it is. There's always something of note that mm-hmm. has happened. So. Multiple things at that. So yeah. this is going to be a well we can uh, take from for years to come. But uh, we'll be talking about, we'll, we'll tell you what we're going to be talking about when Jake does his old timey radio intro here in just a little bit. That's my new thing. That's his new thing. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> then in the That's comic- all I have to say on the matter. <laughs> then in the comic vault, what do we uh, have this week, guys? I have got a little. Sorry, <laughs> go ahead, go ahead. I've got a little something called "The Thing That Washed Ashore" by Junji Ito, which is a guy I've talked about once before. I thought the name sounded familiar. Yeah, yeah, and you know me, I'm a, I'm somewhat interested in horror comics. Really? So this one kind of stuck out. Yeah. I would have never guessed. I figured it was worth a try. Mm-hmm. Step out of my comfort zone a little. Sure. <laughs> How you, Jack? I got a horror comic, too, called Bong Chong Dong Ghost. Wow. Yeah. Now, He's say, not being racially insensitive. No. That's what it's called. Yeah. Did you say horror or horror comic? Horror. Horror. Okay. Yeah, the less, the less fun of the two, but we'll take it. <laughs> a few of the titles we'll be talking about in this week's Comic Vault, and then we're going to turn our full attention over to John and talk Packs of the Low Country. But before we do that, Jake. Ladies and gentlemen. You know what time it is. Following us on all of our social networking outlets. Time. I need an acronym for that or something. Anyway, check us out on Twitter <laughs> at CandairPod and Instagram at Canned underscore Air. Follow us there for jokes and news updates and other fun things. Uh, also, we're on Patreon, so if you like what we do, mm-hmm. throw a couple bucks our way. Couldn't hurt. And if you're interested in wearing your favorite podcast... Go ahead and check us out on society6.com forward slash Pod. Get yourself a t-shirt, a shower curtain, a wall clock, or a mug. Really nice vinyl decal. Very high quality, those vinyl decals. And uh, also, have a great day. <laughs> Damn. 
You're nothing if not efficient. I just efficient. wanted to wrap it up. Nothing if not efficient. You know, one thing I was going to state really quick about our uh, Patreon page is I love how as time passes, the reward for being a backer gets cheaper. Gets, well, cheaper, yeah, yeah, bigger. The reward gets bigger because every month, you know, we're adding another episode to that catalog mm-hmm. that you get access to for being a $5 a month. A supporter, and then you get access to every episode after that. So the value only increases. Yeah, yeah. We, maybe we should start pumping more stuff on there than once a month. That's fine. Make with me. that pot juicier, right? Yeah, yeah. Anyway, we could break up the one episode into two thirty-minute installments. Make them pay for both. <laughs> Boom. Big bucks. Uh, I don't want to gouge. <laughs> well, we'll see how it goes. We'll see how. It goes. All right, let's just kick it off with this week's retro round table. Engage. Shut up! Shut up! Shut up! This week in pop culture history, 1931, Dracula premieres in theaters, a film near and dear to Jake's heart. In 1997, The Simpsons' Poochie episode surpasses the Flintstones for longest-running primetime cartoon series. In 2000, two days after Charles Schultz died, the very last Peanux comic strip was printed. And in 2005, ladies and gentlemen, YouTube first made its appearance online. So this week we're going to be talking about YouTube and just the impact it's had on this world. Just funny shit we found on there, viral videos, whatever it may be. YouTube's the center of this week's retro. So, where do we begin, gentlemen? It's it's a little absurd to think how much impact this website has had. It really is. Um, I mean, giving everyone an outlet, giving people like crazy careers, you know, like... I just think of the people who make it their living by putting up a daily video. God, it's never and, been a better time to be stupid and confident and have a lot of free time. And then, bam, you're a Let's Player or something like that. You know, it's just it's the golden age of not really having anything to offer, but having the perfect medium to offer it with. Yeah. Not only that with Let's Play, but like girls that do fashion type stuff. It's entry tutorials and stuff. Those are huge. Makeup tutorials. There are people who don't even really put any like content in the videos. It's just their their random day, you know. Mm -hmm. And then then you've got reaction videos, which I think are just the dead end of Western culture. Right. Yeah. Because we're we're like we need surrogates to feel things for us now. You know, we've become so far removed from the human condition. Wow, look what they felt when they watched it. Ooh, I almost felt something too. I got a little wiggle. You know, it's yeah. just <laughs> it's meaningless. Anyway, YouTube's also a good thing. Absolutely, in that you can watch cats and people who are skateboarding fall and get hurt. That's a good one. Yeah, uh, I like to watch people who don't drive well getting in crashes because they often deserve it. I like watching the people who are set up. Like I, I've seen a lot of videos where somebody will put a package on their step with a camera, like pointed at it. And then when someone runs to steal the package off their oh, step, oh, yeah, yeah. get chased off, or like someone acts like they're asleep in the park with their phone sitting next to them. Someone will come swipe the phone, <laughs> and then they have like an electric something they hit, and it like shocks the hell out of them. Mm-hmm. You seen those? Uh, they're so much fun to watch. You know where I come from? That's called entrapment. But hey. I'm no cop. <laughs> you know, lately I've been stuck on the weird, creepy side of YouTube. I love finding, if not the videos themselves, people who aggregate really strange or off-putting videos that make their way to YouTube. The stuff with, like, little to no explanation, or it's the only video on a channel or something like that. 
even just recently, I've I've been really stuck. You know where I'm coming from? I'm afraid like not. Weird, creepy, semi-frightening videos, like cyst popping videos. No, no, not. <laughs> God. That's a subculture I don't get either. Yeah. But no, uh, this makes, is maybe I'm thinking of like kind of like a Marble Hornets kind of a feel. It's sort of in that vein. Yeah, less episodic, but definitely you know just creepy videos. The fact that the videos are showing up on YouTube is part of the lore of the story you're watching. Yeah, yeah, it's there's it's like something... pulling reality into it. Yeah, but even if it's not that complicated, just videos that depict things that are confusing or strange or off-putting. Like okay. uh, there, there's one probably my favorite creepy YouTube video. It was like a little art project, I think, by this filmmaker that shows a woman who is deathly pale. And I mean, unnaturally, corpse paint. I mean, it could be lead-based, the paint they put on this woman's face. She is white, with long, dark hair. And she's sitting there at a dinner table. And then the window behind her is just flames. Presumably the fires of hell. I don't know. I didn't make it. And she's sitting there, and she's holding a spoon, and there's a bowl of who the hell knows what in front of her. And she says something unintelligible. It's just total gibberish. Just, you know, it's just very monotone and bassy and very off-putting and she falls face forward into her bowl and the camera pans out very slowly while this detuned piano plays and then the camera starts to pan back in the piano picks up again she lifts her head just as fast and you find the thing she said earlier was the phrase there is nothing backwards and she says it again there is nothing and the 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 concept behind it is the idea that this woman has died and through some some unknowable means has come back to life to find there is nothing beyond the veil. There's no afterlife. There's no heaven. There's no hell. And the idea of that is really frightening to me, and it's really well put together. I've gone off on a tangent, but shit like that is what brings <laughs> I've me. Gotta, I've got to see this video. I'll show you. I think I've seen it before. I mean, how, how cool? Yeah. How cool is it that YouTube provides this platform? I mean, and it's it's risen concurrently with. The uh, exponential growth of just everyone having a camera. Yeah, uh, you know, oh, yeah. we all carry cameras around all day. You can you can do something artistic and interesting. I mean, with such relative ease. I mean, it, it's it's absurd just how much easier it is to film something and share it with the world. I mean, and YouTube was just the perfect platform for exactly that. Absolutely. You're just like, you're never th more than three buttons away from sharing something with the entire world, you mm -hmm. know, that level of power. And it's interesting that we kind of take it for granted, you know, some people do incredible things with YouTube. Some people make careers out of it. But mm -hmm. for most of us, for the, for the know, working man. class America, yeah, yeah it's, it's just a, a distraction, you know, a fun little thing. It's like, oh, check out this review on YouTube. This game's going to be cool. You know, it's just like little shit you do it's between like actual activities. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's incredible that we have, it's, it's like having a nuclear reactor to power your toaster. You know, it's, it's such a powerful <laughs> thing, but we use it for just nonsense. Well, and how much great stuff just passes by the zeitgeist. I mean, every, every day there's always some YouTube video from, 10 years, 10 years ago that suddenly, you know, gets hundreds of thousands of views Absolutely. just kind of comes out of, you know, and a lot of times it is cause it's really dumb and people just kind of discover it for the first time. But uh, how much stuff is on YouTube that, that would be of interest to anybody uh, that just never really gets watched. And it's, it kind of sucks. Cause I, I, I know I've, I get this feeling where I'll be on YouTube and I'll look at the same five or six types of things 
I'll have this thought like, God, there's just a whole untapped world of things that I would love, but you don't even know how to start looking for it. You know, those those hidden gems, they have to pop out at you. How do you search for something you've never encountered? You know? Yeah. You've got the whole Internet at your disposal, but you keep watching like, oh, you know, people falling off bikes. Part 37. That's my biggest problem. You know, YouTube is such an endless well of good things to watch, but you just never know what to search or how to search to find exactly what you're looking for. You know, I mean, that's your biggest problem. For me, it is. I mean, I not finding I mean, if I sit down at YouTube knowing what I want to look at, obviously, I can just type in the title and view it. But there's so much there, I don't know how to wade through it properly. It can be hard to, to narrow down having specifically. To, like, for example, my mu- whole music collection. I don't like to stream music. I like to own my music. And I've gathered tons of music. I've got, I don't know, fifty to 60,000 songs in my iTunes. And oh, nice. I thought, you know, when I started collecting music, like, oh, this is going to be awesome to have all this. And it's really kind of a curse because <laughs> 90% of it I don't want to listen to. It's and just buried in there. The stuff I would want to listen to is buried. Yeah. So it's too easy. Yeah. Remember waiting for the song you wanted to hear on the radio like all day? Oh, yeah. I used to uh, have a cassette permanently uh, in my player there and i would run across the house and dive for the record button (laughs) when one of my favorite songs would come on the radio because that was the only way i could get it those were dark times (laughs) and you get half of it right yeah Yeah. exactly on a good day and the part uh if you were able to get the whole song the dj's talking over part over the first part of it yeah yeah. so you lose part of the first he talks all the way up to where they start singing yeah and then (laughs) every time you sing that song in your head the dj's words are part of the lyrics (laughs) (laughs) weird the stuff like that that gets just caught in there there was a radio station i used to listen to when i lived in nevada i lived in a little tiny gold mining town called elko in the northeast corner and one of the local rock stations was called, like, it was like Coyote FM or some such Southwestern bullshit. You know, it's uh, pick an animal. I don't know. Coyote. That sounds cool. And every time they started a song, God, every time they started a song after coming off of a commercial break or an announcement, there would be a 15 second clip of a coyote howling and there would be like lulls in the noise. So you'd be like, oh, thank God it's over. And then it would come back like, and I'm like, please, God, just make it stop. <laughs> 15 seconds. Dude, That's it just went on time. and on because it would time. howl and then it'd be quiet and then it would keep howling. And I'm like, we know it's called Coyote FM. No one's forgotten. Like one howl would do, yeah, right? There are two radio stations in this city. You know what I mean? So, <laughs> mm, wow. Makes me think of my radio station back. The ra- well, Not my radio station, but the small town radio station back home. We were There's something alluring about, about it. No, no, no. Oh, well, we were, we were talking about uh, the other day the fact that when it snowed horribly, and you had to see if your school was on snow delay back in the day, <laughs> you know, you had to turn your radio to that station, your local radio station, and sit there and wait through the crappy songs, and then wait to hear your school on that list. Where now it probably just comes to you in a text yeah, message, yeah, or yeah. you get an email like, "Hey, yeah, don't show up." But, um, you know, anytime I hear, like, Goo Goo Dolls' name, like, I just think of Snow Days. Because that song was always on the fucking radio when I was waiting for a school day. But anyway. Perfect. We got to get back to YouTube. YouTube. Let's turn our attention over to John. John, what comes to mind when you think of YouTube? Oh, man. Uh, I, I was trying to think when the, the when I first 
what was the first YouTube video I watched? I'd love to know for sure. Oh man, that's yeah. a good thing to think about. I, I, I would guess that maybe it was like a movie trailer. I mean, that's that brings me to YouTube a lot nowadays. I remember I, I used to watch trailers on Apple, like they, on Apple's website. Yeah, they had like, I did too. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I don't know when the shift happened. It happened so so organically, but it somehow at some point, if there was a trailer online, it just became YouTube. And that probably wasn't the first thing I watched on YouTube, but for some reason, and I hadn't thought of it in years, how I used to go to apple.com to watch movie trailers and how great yeah. that must have been for Apple. <laughs> i tell you to, what, uh, to... I'm actually probably going to start going back over to Apple to watch my movie trailers because I was just talking to these guys before we started <laughs> recording. Is There are the number of fan-made trailers that are made to look like official trailers on YouTube is getting ridiculous. You've got to be like hyper vigilant. You really do. Well, I just go back to Apple where I know yeah. it's the real thing. It's probably why YouTube changed their whole policy thing for paying out monetization because oh, people are doing all those things and making money and reposting. I tell you what, it's obliterating careers left and right. People are bouncing back, I think. It seems like every year there's some radical shift to YouTube that mm. screws over a bunch of people. Mm -hmm. I don't know. But I tell you what, this probably isn't the first YouTube video I ever saw, but it's one of the first that I can remember. I, I came into, like, using YouTube really late because I had weird hang-ups about shit. I can't explain it other than I was neurotic. I thought... I already get it. Okay, I really appreciate <laughs> it. Yeah, I thought, like, YouTube, it's like, oh, I'm on YouTube. That must mean I'm some kind of loser, right, he says, and then he started playing World of Warcraft 10 minutes later. <laughs> you know, it's like it doesn't fucking matter, but for some reason that thing was, like, too far. But I was hanging out with a friend of mine, and one of the first YouTube videos, I went to YouTube to track down specifically. Does anyone remember that SNL skit with Andy Samberg, your least favorite person, and Fred Armisen, and I think Bill Hader? I don't know. If, maybe it wasn't Bill Hader. Anyway, it was called Dear Sister. Huh. Oh, I don't think I remember that It's one. It's just a sequence of people walking in a room and getting shot to dramatic music playing every time the trigger is pulled. It's hard. Oh, I've seen that. Yeah, yeah. And it's it's not like it's comedy gold. But at the time that came out, I was like, this is funny. My friends need to see it. So I'm like <laughs> hanging out at a friend's house. I'm like, bro, bring up YouTube. <laughs> this is a good time. One thing. For that some reason, that's somebody like I had. I was at a party once and there was this girl dressed all in green. She looked like a fucking jolly green giant with a tutu on. <laughs> And I'm like, what in the hell are you supposed to be? And she said something called, like, Old Greg. Old Greg. And I love it. So, like, nobody got the costume. She pulls everyone around YouTube to watch this thing. And she's, like, the only one laughing at it. And everyone's just like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> That's a bummer. To put what? all that effort in. Yeah, and then, right? like, nobody cared. Did she have the mustache and all, or did she not go that far? I think she did. I mean, Good it, for looked, her. it looked ridiculous. Uh, whatever. Well, I don't, I don't even think I know who that is. It's uh, from a show called The Mighty Boosh. It's a weird British nope. comedy. Don't waste deal. your time. Yeah. Don't waste <laughs> your you know time. what? Fuck you. I like it. <laughs> well, again, what's that, that, that gap? You sure I love think. playing up this gap. We're these not too young different. kids these days and their boosh. <laughs> I'm like four years younger at most. Well, now there are YouTube shows that get more yeah. like weekly or monthly viewers than, you know, a lot of what I would consider popular, you know, popular shows. Like there are probably YouTube shows that get more views than a show like like Mad Men. 
Oh, and I'll, you know, I'll consider Mad Men this like popular zeitgeist show that everybody's watching, but it's it's more just in the older range of, of viewers. These these YouTube stars are actually, if they're not already, going to be more famous uh, than a lot of more you know traditional uh, media. Oh, without a doubt. I mean, they've already got their own conventions. You know, they've got the meet and greet yeah, cons yeah. now that are uh, just as popular. It seems like this Comic Cons. It's a bizarre um, shift in culture. We were just talking about before the show started the sort of celebrity worship thing we've got mm-hmm. going here in America. And it's like there was a time I think it was some comedian who summed it up really nicely. He said there was a time where to be famous, you had to find a thing and do it better than most people. Mm hmm. But you don't have to do that anymore. Nope. You know, so the people who are idolized are the people who can make a funny noise or they've got a catchphrase and then millions of children subscribe and freak the fuck out whenever Mm -hmm. a new video comes out. And that's it. That's how you make your millions, you know. There's this uh, kid on YouTube. Obviously, I've told you guys a million times I love the shit out of Pokemon Go. I play it all the time. But this uh, kid on uh, YouTube, he's got a show where he just makes like 10, 15 minute videos where he's just playing the game and has millions of followers. And this is how he makes his living. He's driving a freaking awesome car and travels (laughs) all around the world. And it just, uh, yeah, I don't get it either. I don't get it either. I, I can't shake the feeling. It's one of those things where... Why can't we be doing that yeah. shit? <laughs> well, that's the thing. I feel like from the outside, it looks like this money button. They just keep pushing. Like, they make, oh, what, a 15-minute video every two days playing a video game? Fucking whoa. They got right. it figured out. But under the hood, there's there's got to be the stress and frustration and time crunches and, and all of that. There's There's got to be... You'd have Something to run to drag yourself it ragged yeah, like, seriously yeah. keeping like, up with the, your lifestyle. You, know? you turn any hobby into a job, and it's not going to be fun anymore. Uh, yeah. That, that's what I'm afraid anyway, about. Anyway, podcasting. Like, <laughs> if we were ever to get there with our podcast to a point where we didn't have to go to work, like, I don't think it would... I mean, it would definitely grate on me at times, but there's no point I would be like, man, I wish I had my old job back. I, I'll tell you this much. The walls would worst, be coming down. My worst day here would be... You know, oh, better than your best day at work. Exactly. I would be unfiltered if I got to quit my day job to do this show. I'd be saying some weird shit. No apologies. <laughs> <laughs> I'd destroy my relationship with both of you. Be out of the show in a month. It'd be a good time. See, it's better please. to burn out than fade away. So wait, you're going to say peace out to us after you? Right just, after we hit it big. Yeah, right that's you, you know to make a statement. Okay. Yeah. Just drop the mic and walk away. <laughs> yeah, Jake's gone now. All right. But the mic oh. is on this nice stand. I'd have to lift it and smash. What would be your point in doing that? You know. To prove that it was all you? That's right. <laughs> is that what this is about? See what I That's did? That's what it is, man. fucking ego <laughs> head rearing out here into this conversation? Uh, maybe a little bit. But Jesus no, Christ. Wow. How no, you doing there, I John? Could... <laughs> hey, I'm right on this train, man. If, if we want to quit our jobs and get weird, let's do it. I'm that down. is the dream. I'm down. <laughs> I mean, not so much for your uh, your revenge plot or whatever. I wouldn't fuck quit. You, you really think there, I would? I don't know at this point. You're just kind of scaring me. Maybe we should just cut our ties now. If it weren't for this show, get the hell out of here. I would have been dead months ago. <laughs> YouTube. Okay. Um, you know what I hate about YouTube? Let's make it negative. Every time I want a little bit of information, 
YouTube comes to mind as a good place to see it done. Like if I need a tutorial on how to handle a certain program, oh, yeah, or for sure. solve a particular problem, generally computer-related stuff, or if I'm looking for something in a game I'm playing and I'm just bashing my head against the wall, it, YouTube makes sense because you get the visual medium to back up the information. People say like, oh, oh make yeah. a right, then a left, then a this, and hit the that, and I'm like, mm-hmm, hang on, you know? Right. But when you see it done, it imprints a little more. But every That's video... Yeah, yeah, it helps, but every video you start up, before you get to the pertinent information, you've got a full minute of, what's up, guys? My name's such and yeah. such gamer, <laughs> yeah. and I'm here coming to you fucking dirkader. I got the, ooh, and today we're playing, wow, oh, look at that monster. It just doesn't stop, and it's like, you it, got that fucking what's up. It's it, it just, yeah. they, it, what's up, guys? It's <laughs> always with the long what's. What's up, guys? Yeah, and it's yeah. the same. It's like there's a there's a coach going around making bank, teaching people how to be shitty YouTubers. Oh, when you're making, don't forget to hit for... the subscribe button. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead and smash that like button. Uh, do, whoa, you know. It's... When you're making a video for the first time, I mean, you obviously go to YouTube and see what's already being done as I, your I template guess... for your first video. Yeah, so I mean, yeah. that's where your imitations happening and. I mean, it's. I know what you mean. It's every yeah, it's, video. It's, it's rough. It's I'd rough. love to hear one that just opens up. It's like, hey, everybody. Uh, today we're looking for <laughs> this item and such Welcome and such. Welcome to look. my YouTube video. <laughs> we're going to have a good time today. Be sure you have the red key card before you attempt to take this corridor. <laughs> oh, <coughs> excuse me. <laughs> nice Should follow up. To like that? Yeah, that's great. Oh, what about some viral videos, guys? What do we got? Charlie bit my finger. I Charlie, got that written yeah, right here. right yeah. up there. <laughs> I totally forgot about that one until I was Charlie looking. Charlie bit me, and it, it really hurts. There's another one. Another soft-voiced British person with a child. I'm sorry, did you say something? I'm sorry, did you say something? That's your echo. Okay. Okay. You still there, John? John? Oh, yeah. Okay. Okay, all right, good. I freaked myself <laughs> out for a second. Anyway, um... Anyway, um... It was uh, some it was, uh, English some kid. Somebody's hold up. Somebody's we're getting, we're getting, getting feedback. We're getting you might be feedback. too close to your might be mic, or to your speakers. mic or something. Speakers. Uh, I'm sorry. I don't mean to be a pain. I'm sorry. I don't mean to be a pain. Oh no, no, it's all right. We just let me know when it start hearing stops. ourselves. Start hearing ourselves. There it was. There. There it went. Is that? Nope. Is it gone? It's back. Um. Hello, one, two, one, two. Can you hear me? I can hear yeah, you. I'm okay. just trying to good. see if I can hear an echo, but I think we're good. I don't hear it. Yeah, no, we're going. Okay. Yeah, sorry about that, man. Oh, oh you're fine. No problem. I, I do not know what I'm doing. <laughs> you're fine, man. Another video in that same vein is uh, a little boy is at the top of one of those, you know, like play school brand plastic slides for very young kids, you know, nothing excessive. And his father, who's presumably holding the camera, is like, no, don't jump, Edward. Don't jump. He's got this very, he's very soft-spoken. He's like, don't jump. You're going to hurt yourself. And he jumps right onto the slide, and it breaks through and folds him over like a taco. And he slips through the hole he made through the slide. And it's wonderful. Because he was warned. I feel like I've seen that. He learned a valuable lesson that day. I did. Just hearing him do the voice was cracking Don't jump. A great recent one is the, uh, the mom that's like, whatever the little kid's name, who's running around, says, Harry, what? What do you have in your hand? And he says, a knife. It just keeps running. <laughs> no, I don't see that. Oh, He's like a three-year-old kid. She says, Harry, what's that in your hand? And he, he smiles and looks right at the camera and holds out a knife and says, a knife. 
And then he runs off and his mom like drops the camera to run after him and is like yelling at him. <laughs> you know, there's... Oh, you got to look that one up. I That's will. A, that sounds amazing. We're going to put that one on the short list. <laughs> um, what about... Oh, shit. I just had one. T- oh, the, there was a little boy who was arguing with his... I don't know if his mom or babysitter or who about having cookies or something, but he kept going, Linda, Linda, honey, please wait. Have you seen that one? <laughs> no. No. Oh, he's like three, four years like old. Like an extra but, sassy. But like as the mom's like giving him reasons as why she can't have cookies, he's like stopping her going, Linda, Linda, honey, listen to me. Listen, I got to have these cookies, you know, and it just goes on and It sounds on. like a good way to get your ass kicked. Yeah. Look it up. It's really funny if you haven't uh, seen it. There's one I love. I don't know how much coverage this gets. It might not have really made the rounds, but uh, it's these two girls, Scottish, I believe. I think they're in Scotland. They can't be older than 10, 12. Maybe one of them is possibly 12. And they're like, all right, today we're going to sing such and such song by so-and-so. And before they can even start singing, their mom, this ogreish woman, just like bursts in through the door. I swear to God, she kicks in the door. He's like, who didn't flush the toilet after they've had a shit? <laughs> and the two girls look up at the, his mom's just furious. And they're like, I don't know. It wasn't. He's like, well, it was fucking one of yous. <laughs> <laughs> and before she closes the door, she's just like, disgusting. <laughs> That's the whole video. <coughs> it's horrible. I can only imagine what living with that woman is like. But God, for those few seconds, it's just a treat. I can't wait to look. And that is, it's amazing that one moment in time like that will probably become the <laughs> most famous I know, moment I know. of that woman's entire life. It just like defines that will be what's right. Yeah, that will be what she's remembered for. <laughs> that's too bad. It's a shame. Yeah, that's that's the world we live in, though. <laughs> it really is. And with people like Rob Deerdeck and Tosh or Daniel Tosh and their shows, you know, where they all they trying do, to bring it to the television, yeah, scour audience. the internet for those videos, and uh, yeah, dude, you know, collect on them. That's not it. It's like if you went to McDonald's and they're like, "Hi, would you like to try a?" Uh, try a Whopper today. We ship them in from Burger King. It's like it's too. It's the yeah. same shit. You're just giving it to me through a different medium. What? Those shows uh, kind of irritate me in the fact that it's kind of the same way I was talking about carpool karaoke does. I mean, these people are just kind of piggybacking on what's already been yeah. done and made and is already Not out there. Really? You know? contri- what? Their stupid commentary. Is that why you watch it? Now, is that the draw? I will <laughs> say Daniel Tosh is pretty funny. With he some of that is. Stuff. Boy, he I'm did all right a, for a long time. I haven't seen the show in a, in I'm a not while. a big fan of his, honestly, but he is funnier than hell on that show. And one thing I wish they would take off that show are like bones breaking and stuff. Like, you know, some of the gross stuff. I used to be oh. until I actually broke a bone and mm. then I can't bear to look at it because of like flashback, you know, sure. it's like very traumatic, but, um, you know, and Rob Deerdeck, I didn't think his show was that great. Ridiculousness, I think it was called. Oh, yeah. I never watched his show. Um, I liked him a lot. He's a pretty cool dude, but I, that show was just kind of cheap. And, uh, like, the stage was like a, just a big laptop. It was a big Yeah. <laughs> like, he was walking on the keyboard of a big laptop. But I think that was somewhat of a game, too. Maybe they're contestants or something. Probably. I, they. I imagine they tried to spruce it up in some Something capacity. like that. That's nonsense. But it's... God, and you know, it's funny. It's because... Fame on YouTube or, or the popularity of a video is such a flash-in-the-pan thing. 
mm-hmm. like things appear and die within a week and by the time it's filtered through all of society and it's entered like the today show or the morning news or whatever the hell you know it's dead right as soon as something is being referenced on like mainstream media it's just like it's hard to watch you're like ew ew stop no it's, it's not funny not, anymore it's not yours anymore yeah, it's the world it's, so. yeah for sure. That's when it blows up even more, too, because everyone that's watching that show has got to go run and look at it anyway. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like the YouTube streamer guy, I had never even heard of him, who uh, filmed like somebody had committed suicide. And, oh, and yeah. Man. Logan Paul. Yeah. yeah. What a... Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, I think man. that he was probably a D-bag all the while, but no that question. got this mainstream attention that, you know, really forced the issue. And I think he got like I don't think he's allowed to make money off YouTube anymore, which was is where oh, he made money. Yeah, they no kicked shit. him off. Yeah. Certainly hope that's the yep. case. It's that family that makes it difficult to tell people you're from Ohio. Wow, he's from Ohio. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. And then so after that, then he what had a he did something else like he was tasing an animal or something, right? Probably. I don't know. I know he released some super shallow apology. He's mm-hmm. like, oh, I only ever meant to entertain. I didn't mean to blah, blah, blah. He did, blah, blah. but then, like, immediately after, there was another video he did. I never saw it, but, like, he was, like, killing a fish or tasing, like, a dead animal or something. I don't know exactly what it was, but Wouldn't surprise it me. enraged people again. And um, I just don't know why, what is in your head that makes you think, oh, I'm going to put that on YouTube. Yeah. Trying to get that cheap thrill to get more likes. What a dumb fuck, but, though. Uh, apparently, there are lots of... Folks out there like him that are extremely popular, but just not on the radar for a lot of maybe people older than the age of you know, twenty or so. Yeah. <laughs> and the thing is, uh, even with YouTube kicking him off, he's going to find his fans are going to find a way to find him somewhere to do yeah. it. Yeah. And no matter what, dude, it's the Hydra, man. You cut off one head, two more are going to grow in its place. It's just that's the culture now. He set a precedent. Where that's the kind of person you have to be to make money on YouTube. Ugh. Well, no thank you. And you know, it's funny to talk about tasing an animal or things like that. YouTube is pretty good about weeding out things that shouldn't be on YouTube. Right. You know, they're, they're fairly strict about what can be shown, and they're pretty quick to action if something shouldn't be. But if you dig deep enough, you can find some really, really weird things out there. Oh, there's no doubt. I but- saw a video of a guy who, his channel was like he had a little home furnace smeltery type deal. And he would melt down different metals and stuff, and he'd do things with them. Which, on the surface, is very interesting. Like he, uh, oh, I don't know, he took like liquid aluminum. He had heated it up to liquid and then poured it into uh, a tank full of those little uh, water-retaining plastic balls. Mm, yeah. And it made this really interesting pattern. I'm like, oh, wow, that's really cool. I checked, like, the next video, and he's like, all right, today I'm going to pour molten brass over this old iPhone and also these cockroaches. And he had, like, a bunch of, like, pet store Madagascar hissing roaches, just, like, in a pan. And he just poured molten metal what the over fuck? them. Yeah, he's like, oh shit, yeah, they're dead. Look at that one. That one's like cooked in. Yeah, they're fucking dead. It's <laughs> like, you, like this was not a have... scientific thing that happened. Oh, there's I've seen people who do that same thing where they'll pour that stuff down into like ant colonies, like yeah, ant hills, and then let it dig it up so you can see the, the paths and yeah, that's actually really cool to watch yeah. It's really a cool <laughs> process, but you're like killing a shit ton of yeah. animals, you know? But not like I love insects, cockroaches in particular, but those are like 
Madagascar roaches. Those are pet quality insects. You know sure. what I mean? They're not like regular American but palmetto you, bugs. Right. But you're covered. saying their quality of life is better than the common ants' quality of life. Yes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just cut the. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Once I once guess. you're given a name, once you're given a yeah. name, your your quality of life probably dramatically improves for a a, a brooch. <laughs> okay, that's what I hear. That's the rule of thumb. That's right. the general. Yeah. I guess I thumb. stand corrected. <laughs> yeah. So next time you have an opinion, ultra sensitive asshole over here caring <laughs> well, for the little know. ants that no one else seems to give a shit about. I don't care about the ants. <laughs> okay. Apparently it's the roaches, man. <laughs> <laughs> They're bigger. That's more tragedy per pound. It's going to take over the world. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> seriously. Um, one video that always comes to mind for me is the uh, the news reporter at the small town festival. Oh. She goes up to the little boy whose face is painted like a skeleton, and she goes, "What are you supposed to be? I like turtles." Yeah. Her reaction is just priceless. She doesn't know how to handle it. Was it like, like a zombie or something like that? Zombie. Like, that's like what zombie it was. Or, or Frankenstein's monster or something. Yeah. But he's just like, or she goes. Uh, Okay, <laughs> you know, like I'm not knowing what to do. It's great. You know, when you said news reporter, I thought you were talking about one one of my absolute favorites. It's uh, kind of a big fella. He's out in some small town, middle of nowhere, talking about who knows what. He's got a very professional tone, and he's sitting there like, uh, and that's why today we're on the lookout for, and a moth or some yes. such bug flies into his mouth. He's like, ah, the fuck is that? You know, like his voice does a total one. He's like, shit flying in my mouth. Oh, yeah. He like die in this country ass town. <laughs> it's just, it takes no time at all. One setback and that like professional reporter veneer is just gone. It's, I thought you were going with reporters was the, the grape lady. Oh, oh my God. Crushed the grapes and fell out of the, the grape. She was, that like, was seriously hurt. That was hard to watch. Yeah. yeah. Well, I had heard she like got the wind knocked out of her, but it, like she, you can't even see her in frame. Just the you just sound hear that. that she was. Hine, 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 hine. <laughs> <laughs> I had to laugh when I was watching. Sounds it, like Don Eloise. Yeah, I was cracking up. <laughs> oh. Yeah, she probably got hurt, but it was funny here. You feel bad, but you laugh anyway. Yeah. That's YouTube. I'm going to hell. Who's coming with me? <laughs> I'll be there. That's like the uh, the um, boom goes the dynamite guy. Have you ever seen that one? <laughs> He's, he's, it's like a new, uh, a sports commentator talking about a basketball game in some like university or small town. And it's just like, he's having like this epic brain fart, like a really bad day. He can't remember things and it gets worse and worse. And he starts saying things like he has the ball. He's passing it to the man. And like, it, it makes it just gets progressively bad. And then at the end of it, somebody, it's a basketball game, but some guy scores a three-pointer and he just says, and boom goes the dynamite. <laughs> uh, like, like this sudden confidence comes out of nowhere. Uh, the, just the juxtaposition, it makes it really funny. That's, that one's just I wonderful. That oh, yeah. <clears throat> it almost sounds like that, how Rick and Morty is so improvish sounding sometimes in the interdimensional like, cable. Oh, there he goes. He's, doing, uh, you know... <laughs> We're gonna come over here and really. I have this. some eye holes. It's yeah. just the meandering. <laughs> like. About the bed intruder song. The what? Uh, what the the coming He's climbing in your windows, it, snatching yeah, your yeah. people up, going to rape them. Oh jeez, remember that? Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. The guy with the insane hair. The news report was funny enough, but then I mean, not that it's funny anyone's trying to get raped, but let me tell you, just the way he was. Uh, being very passionate on camera. I, I swear they they seek out people that have that weirdness about them. 
It's like when you're on the scene, you must have a sense of like, oh, this person's going to say something weird. Oh, you're saying if you're a news reporter. Yeah. yeah. Well, the point I was going to get to was with the Gregory brothers who take that kind of a news report and then make and a song out of it. Oh, sure. But they've got that same kind of, you know, spectrum looking for those yeah, kind yeah. of people because they also like, found ah, perfect. that woman who uh, backing had been up. backing up, yep. had been involved in that uh, <laughs> robbery, robbery at the yeah. gas station. That shit was funny. And then there was the, um, oh my goodness, oh my damn, the, the guy who... Was reviewing that guy pisses me off. Oh, that was so I don't like funny. I get not liking the videos, but that was funny when he no, was. No, I, I I see the appeal. <laughs> oh my god, that was great. Where was that? Five Guys or something Five like guys. that. Five Guys yeah. Burgers and Fries. But I watched some of his other videos, and they were none of them were nearly as entertaining as that one. But it, yeah, he just goes through the drive-through, gets food, parks in their parking lot, props his phone up on his dash, and just eats it and talks about it. Right you know that that's another weird, huge. YouTube subculture thing It's just the food reviews And junk Right Are we running out of time Should I I just looked at the camera and I, Or at the, the time I was like holy shit We gotta Let's cut the thing I was saying Don't worry about it Let's, let's Okay yeah. <laughs> That's my bad <laughs> No you're fine Alright well I think That's gonna do it For our I think YouTube that'll more than do it perhaps. Talk yeah We might be running A little bit long here <laughs> But uh, before we move on into the uh, comic vault, I gotta say, we have a, another package from our dear friends at Adult Swim, gentlemen. Oh, oh my. In celebration of Mr. Pickles Season 3, uh, premiering Sunday, February 25th at midnight, so set your DVRs. I need to watch this show, I haven't it seen it. It is deeply upsetting. Deeply upsetting? Yeah. <laughs> it looks like it might have a little disturbing angle Dude, to it. Dude, it's so off-putting. Uh, it's, I it? mean, it's great, but I've well, never heard of it. It's hard to watch. Mr. Pickles? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I've only seen clips of it, and he's pretty spot on. It looks he's pretty an disturbing. Outwardly good dog that loves pickles, and he's loyal to the little boy that owns him. But like behind the scenes, he's some satanic mass murderer, like a literally possessed <laughs> emissary of hell type figure. Ah, it's one of those like like shockingly gruesome cartoons where a mm. lot of the humor is just in how like obscenely violent it is from moment to moment and then it's nice and calm and then a dude's getting his leg pulled out from the muscle at the ball you know and he's oh like my god <laughs> and, and then you know of course the dog runs to the little boy with the dude's femur and he's like oh you want to play fetch and they're just throwing the ball <laughs> like that's the that's what they're shooting for well they have sent another gift along as they always do Good people over there at Adult oh, Swim. Jesus. And I think, I mean, this is up to you guys which one you want to take well, it. Well, there's a pentagram on the box. I'm so. thinking this is probably more angled toward Jake. It's what? a pentagram keychain with Mr. Pickles. It's My. also a bottle opener. Good, sweet but Jesus. But I will let you guys fight over it. Here's a uh, pull cue. Make it a wooden quick. box? No, it's not a wooden <laughs> box. The packaging is nice. But you the packaging one, is very nice. That is awesome. Is that yours, Jake? If you don't want it. No, go ahead. <laughs> I will literally use this. I know you would. Every night. And I was like, I love it, it opens beer and it is evil. He'll love it. It says 666, good boy, on the front. Is that a yeah. tear on your eye? I see that. <laughs> no. <laughs> Two tears. It's dusty. So again, Mr. Pickles, season three premieres Sunday, February 25th at midnight. Set the DVRs, people, for that satanic dog of ours. Yeah, uh, I don't know what to say. We love him. We love him. We hate him. No, we don't. We love him. Set the DVR. All right. <laughs> Adult Swim, be there. All right, let's swing open the door to the comic vault. I am going to skip my comic uh, as we are running sh uh, short on time. So 
if we can do maybe like quick five minutes. Mine's things. super quick. Yeah, mine is too. Yeah. All right, who would like to go first? Uh, I would, if you don't mind. Do it. Mm-hmm. This comic really stood out to me because uh, the main character opens up by saying he hates the sea. And he has almost constant nightmares about drifting, sort of floating, rather sinking. <laughs> There's the word. About sinking to the bottom of the ocean going deeper and deeper until he starts running into the weird abyssal sea life. You know, you get anglerfish and bioluminescent crabs and all that sort of, you know, horror movie nonsense. It's the bottom of the trenches. And I have had so many recurring nightmares of that exact thing. I remember you talking about a nightmare Sinking right through the seafloor and seeing, like, corpses from shipwrecks and weird crab-like humanoids picking off little bits of them you know so that like really resonated with me i was like oh shit this guy kind of gets it so that was cool and it's a it's called the thing that washed ashore and there's this tremendous eel-like monstrosity that washes up on the shore of one japanese island or another and it's just got like a face full of barnacles and it's covered in scales and like little crabby legs too small to be of any use but and everyone's just flocking to it the scientists are baffled. You've got people on the scene and all these gawkers. And the main character is talking about how much he hates it, but he felt compelled to come and see it. He finds another woman who's in the same boat. She says, I always have these nightmares about the ocean, about sinking through to the bottom, about seeing all the terrifying sea life, but not being able to stop myself from sinking. And he's like, whoa, me too. And she's like, uh, and last year my husband was lost at sea in this big shipwreck. And he's like, oh my God. That's horrible. And they get closer and closer to this tremendous eel monster, and they see that its skin is translucent. And someone gets close enough to look through, and it's full of people. Like, Mm. intact human bodies. They're like, Jesus Christ, cut it open, we gotta get him out. They slice this rotting eel monstrosity open, and the people come just pouring out, and they're still alive and twitching. Like, by some freak natural phenomenon, they had survived by... Um, absorbing the nutrients of whatever else the monster was eating. So they've been alive in its gut, like sustained this whole time, just deeply insane and feral. And uh, the woman finds her, uh, her shipwrecked fiance in there. And it turns out they've been stuck in that creature, looking through its translucent skin, watching themselves going deeper and deeper into the ocean while bizarre sea life circles them. And it's, very off-putting and bizarre mm-hmm. and it really spoke to me i was like oh i've had that dream you know it's, yeah. it's just a really cool moment that so sounds cool junji ito a man who i assume will never be happy i can't imagine anyone right. with an imagination like that will find much satisfaction like that sounds cool shit. Yeah, what was that out. called again it's called the thing that washed ashore i'm gonna look into that, that you really awesome. should it, it took it took really five cool. minutes yeah yeah it's a super quick read cool john would you like to go next sure a comic that came to mind this week in particular because the final issue is coming out uh, on on uh, February 14th or, or on Valentine's Day, uh, Invincible uh, by Robert Kirkman and uh, my, my favorite, one of my very favorite artists, Ryan Otley. Uh, final issue dropping on Wednesday and special comic for me that I've been off and on for 10 years or so because... Um, I, I did, like so many others, have that six or seven year gap where I didn't read as many comics as I did. Yes, it happens um, to all of us. People in there, yeah. Yeah, you go to college or you know whatever it might be. Just prison accessibility. <laughs> yeah, prison. Uh, oh, I'd read so many comics if I went to Dude. prison. <laughs> You'd have so much time. It'd almost be yeah. worth it. 
it's yeah. time now. But uh, I mean, kind of, kind of like the rise of, of YouTube, digital comic accessibility has probably oh, helped yeah. people mm -hmm. never have to drop off comics. I mean, so much of why I was unable to read comics for an extended period was just the lack of access. There, there wasn't a comic book shop near where I went to college. Like, it just was practical. But, but Invincible was one of the books um, that, that brought me back. Um, just walking into a books a million, like during my lunch breaks in my early 20s and uh, picking up a random trade and not paying for it, but reading it in the bookstore. And uh, Invincible was just a, a great book that I've, I've enjoyed off and on. And I'm excited finally catching up on it now, just knowing that it's about to end. Uh, it, never a better time if, if you read any of it and dug it or if you've never heard or experienced any of any of it it's 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 like the ultimate example of uh taking a classic superhero story and um really subverting expectations and playing into nostalgia and expectations and kind of everything you'd ever love about a superhero comic all wrapped into one um story where uh a, a heck of a lot happens uh pretty freewheeling awesome stuff uh it couldn't be more different than the walking dead so uh, i highly recommend invincible if, was, if uh, you've never read it before did that start in like 2013 like 14 something like that and is it possible there was even like a like a short series like an actual like video like series on it uh i don't know about a video series not I that i was like familiar with i think it started it started more it's it started more in like 2005 uh because uh, I, I started reading it when there was already a good 20, 25 issues in, in 2007. I'm sorry. Like, I am just intrigued by what you're saying here because I feel like we've either talked about it. Somehow yeah, we've... it feels like there was some kind of vid maybe something that was entitled Invincible 2 or something that was. I've got to look at video. it up on my phone right now. It, uh, for anybody unfamiliar with it, it's worth not looking into it too much because there is a heck of a I don't want to call it a twist but there is a hook um, that, that comes into play in, in what's otherwise a pretty traditional superhero narrative that uh, Kirkman and you know this is way before he became you know multi-multi-millionaire <laughs> Kirkman uh, had tremendous patience waiting until like the 12th or 13th issue to, to really reveal his uh, his hand it's it's really something um, worth worth uh, reading. That is extraordinary when the payoff takes so long, but it was worth it when you finally get there. I'm going to get it yeah, traded now this because this I know I've seen this before. Now that I'm seeing like uh, I know I've seen it all the time. It always seemed familiar. Yeah, yeah, but I never did get yeah. into reading it at all. Awesome. Yeah, it it takes the same kind of Walking Dead approach of uh, you know the the zombie movie that never ends. Um, but the you know the consequences are they're they're stuck with and they carry with them as they go, but taken to the superhero narrative where it's this entire universe, this invincible universe where there's dozens and dozens of superheroes. It's like a, the Marvel universe or DC universe, but but people die and they stay dead and relationships change and it just goes and goes and goes and it's it's brilliantly done one of those books that's just been so consistently awesome that it almost doesn't get talked about enough, you know, in, in the age of the number one issue or the relaunch 
you know, getting the getting the yeah. main attention. It's kind of ironic that uh, this book by the you know same writer of The Walking Dead has quietly been phenomenal for 15 years now almost. Um, and now it's it's ending. Last issue, final issue on Wednesday. Wow, count me in. Yeah, I'm definitely going to be getting on board with that. Like when I just looked that up, I was seeing all these amazing reviews for it too. I'm really intrigued. Yeah. A lot of good stuff so far. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh wait, issue 12 or 13? I don't. I don't even remember which issue. Um, if you're not hooked by then, just don't even worry about it. But I suspect <laughs> many or most will uh, will will appreciate it. All right. Hmm. Well, with image ten dollar trades, you can't go wrong. Yeah, right? really. All right. Very good. Very good. Jack, what do you got? Mine is called the Bong Chong Dong Ghost. Oh, yeah. I think I've got that <laughs> pronounced right. <laughs> it's based off of uh, pretty much a, a, a true story. A woman that lived in this high-rise apartment had a her two-year-old child taken away from her or something like that, and she ended up committing suicide jumping off the side of the building. So that part is true, and this comic's based off of that. And it's about this girl. It's all it's all narrated by the the girl in the book, and she's walking down the road. It's about eleven thirty. She's coming back from studying at school, and she notices there's not a lot of people around. And there usually is, even though it's it's nighttime, just because it's a heavy populated area. Mm-hmm. So she's kind of scared, walking, looking at the road, and notices this long shadow in front of her. And she looks up, and there's nobody around her except for this woman that she sees walking in pink pajamas way up ahead of her. And the woman's walking slowly, so she starts, as she's walking, she's getting closer to this woman, and she notices that her body's kind of mangled and bent weird. And as she gets up closer to her, the woman turns around and asks if, you sh- if have you seen my baby? And the lady's skin is all white, her eyes are blood red, and the girl just turns around, or is scared, points away just anywhere, and is like, yeah, over there. So the lady starts hobbling over that that direction. So the girl turns around, walks away, and just then she hears, "She's not there." Turns around, the lady's doing the upside down crab walk, pretty much, oh. and scuttering at her. And this, the comic is done. There's some of the panels are done in flash animation, and there's <laughs> sound effects that go with it. That when I was at home looking at it, I was using Chrome, and Flash doesn't work in Chrome. Right. So I didn't get the full picture until I pulled it up on my phone so I could reference it here. And I came up to the part where the lady's head turns. I about shit my pants. <laughs> it's <laughs> so freaking creepy. I love when web comics take full advantage of the medium they're on. Yeah. You know, why not have panels moving and stuff? You're on what a was computer. Was it uh, Drugs and Wires? Yeah. Did yes. a really good job with that. Oh, my God. Like, yeah, like there was a panel where he was passed out. In his uh, apartment, the lights were out, but the TV was left flickering, and mm-hmm. you could see that light flickering through the panel. And, through and that how room. perfect that, like, with that subject matter, that yes. they would take advantage of that. Oh, it was so good. Anyway, continue. But then she ends up after the 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 old lady comes after her and attacks her. She's like, I don't remember anything from there. One of my neighbors found me and woke me up, and I don't know what happened. That was about the end of it. Yeah. But yeah, it was creepy. I'll show you the, the screenshots. Yeah, there. I want to see that. It sounds creepy. <laughs> One more time, what's that called? Uh, the Bong, Bong Chong, Chong Dong, Dong Ghost. Yeah, Bong Chong Dong Ghost. Sounds pretty creepy already. It's Korean, One I think. Creepy pastas, yeah. yeah. All righty. Very good. Very 
rewarding comic vault there, I think. I'm, I'm really you. honestly intrigued by all three comics. Yeah. I typically every week say, I'm going to look into that. I'm going to look into that. <laughs> this week, you know what? I'm going to look into that. And then there are the weeks where we say, and this week I actually am. And then there are the weeks where we actually mean it. Exactly. And this is, this is the third tier of, of week. <laughs> third tier of seriousness. I came across the uh, Ronald Reagan rabbit one today. Oh, oh did you? Yeah. Oh, my so God. Awesome. That shit was so funny. <laughs> How dare you? All right. With that behind us, let's turn our full attention over to John Dudley and talk about his comic packs of the low country. Thanks again for being with us today, John. Oh, no, thank you for having me. This is awesome. I hope you're having a good time. I know we are, and I know we had a good time with your comic, man. It's a book that looks like it should be an image title. I, I think we yep. were kind of discussing that before we started recording. It looks like something that would be on the image rack. And um, the concept, the artwork, everything about it was so much fun. Uh, thank you for sending that to us. But uh, I'd like to give the artists the opportunity in their own words to tell the listeners about the comic rather than me do it for them. So if you would uh, go ahead and tell our listeners about Pax of sure, Low Country. Sure, yeah. So I, I wrote the book uh, with with uh, my friend and co-creator Don Cardenas. Uh, we're both based out of Chicago and kind of an interesting, amazing, you know, speaking of what a great age we live in, um, you know, you got to take the good with the bad, but uh the fact that we were able to make this comic is a testament to, you know, the, the modern world. I actually met Don in a uh, community message board for comics fans. Oh, uh, really? And since, yeah, since uh, I, I've been living in Chicago and uh, he is a native of Chicago, we were able to meet there. And I, I just had this idea. I'd been writing it originally as a prose story based in my home or where all of my family is from in the low country of South Carolina. Don uh, responded to the idea behind the story, which was very much a, uh, a homage to a lot of the comic book uh, horror and superhero storytelling that I've loved my whole life. Um, we were very like-minded. He responded to the idea and we met for a cup of coffee and just hashed it out and became fast friends. And, uh, Five years later, we have a 170-page complete comic book story on our hands that just, you know, came out of nothing. Which is and, amazing, uh, too. I mean, you can see all the hard work in that book, and it's it's not a quick read either. You know, it's a, it's a it's a gratifying read. Thank you. Uh, yeah, I'm glad I'm glad folks have been enjoying it. It's it's been you know it's a very solitary experience creating something like that. Um. And I've, I have a real newfound respect, uh, not newfound, but over the course of the last five years, respect for comic creators and the reality of, of what can go into a book. Um, and, you know, I, I go on like digital services like Comixology and, and look at the, you know, su submissions there, you know, even those that are not at big publishers and just how many books there are that I'll never get to read um, and really respect all the effort that goes into so many of them. Um, it's great. It's a great time to be a comics fan and, you know, to get out there and find some, find some random indie books uh, to read and, and uh, like, like, like y'all do here, you know, try to shine some light on some of them is, is really rad. We're certainly not starved for choice. No, it's no. overwhelming <laughs> how much great content there is. No, out it's, there. It's, a, it's a terribly awesome problem to have. <laughs> yeah. 
And it's just it's the medium of tomorrow's big street, you know, big mainstream entertainment. You know, not, so much of what is big and popular it all starts with a comic book typically and you get to look at it and think oh man i wonder where this is going to be in 20 years you know is yeah. this it's good to like uh well go ahead comics as a storytelling medium really just are the best full stop for unfettered creativity um there's no budget you know it's it's really just a matter of particularly an artist being able to channel ideas from their brain into a pin on a piece of paper. Uh, and, you know, that's the same story told in other visual formats, you know, anything filmed in, or uh, on TV or, you know, feature films require millions of dollars and hundreds, if not thousands, of working professionals. But to be able to just be, you know, in a basement <laughs> with a pen and a piece of paper and create these stories that are, you know, time that people that, that read them get to experience um, and have to fill in the gaps. You know, they have to fill in the gaps between panels. It, it creates, there's synapses firing when you're reading a comic that don't mm-hmm. get fired in a more passive visual storytelling medium. It's pretty incredible. It's like high-end storyboards, pretty much. Your imagination yeah. is given the same kind of challenge that is given like when watching a television show or a movie. At least I think so. It's a very, <clears throat> it's, it's a weirdly pure form of storytelling. Mm-hmm. You present only what you absolutely have to present and then everyone comes away from it experiencing it just a little differently. It, it, it's... Oh yeah, the voice is yours. Um yeah, the, so much of the voice and tone can be yours. It entertains and challenges the imagination. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Very good, man. Yeah, we still have people who claim comics aren't art, you know? <laughs> yeah. I think that's yeah. changing rapidly. Um, sure. I, I think just the, 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 money, um, the money that's coming out of things uh, originally expressed in comic book form, is it's just hard not to, uh, not to appreciate that there's something there. Um, and something to be proud of too, as 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 an, as an American, you know, this is a, a, a country that has really honed this art form greatly. Uh, again, for better or worse, <laughs> but um, we we don't really take as much credit for it as maybe we should. Um, we tend to, to shun our own creations sometimes if they're too artistic. <laughs> yeah, this is true. We created the short story. We perfected the comic book. We've got a lot going for us. <laughs> exactly. If you're interested yeah. in reading less, <laughs> we, we got you. Going. <laughs> yeah. Pictures. Yeah. You need pictures in books. Now another. Um, yeah. So Pax was a uh, kind of a horror. It's so it's a horror action uh, superhero genre mashup. I really kind of the central conceit was to uh, try to get everything I loved into one story, um, and it started with some uh, a, a, a man. And an airplane flying over the low country of South Carolina. We know there's something terrible down there, and he's he's got a parachute on and he's jumping in. And uh, it was just kind of a discovery writing project to, uh, to to find out with our protagonist what what was down there in the first place. And uh, me and me and Don um, we we hashed most of it out together, and uh, Don created the whole visual landscape and. Um, it was a co-creation 
through and through and uh it's yeah it's done <laughs> so we're uh we're gonna sell it in print for the first time at c2e2 um here in chicago oh nice very but nice we're gonna sell the entire book for the first time i guess i should say we've we've sold individual chapters in the past but being a being a, a full story from from day one it's always kind of been about the the trade the collected edition you know, another thing that's very intriguing about this is that it has its own soundtrack. I love, love, oh, yeah. love when comics do that. And um, but typically, what you get is a, you know, like a, like a three part miniseries comic with an hour long soundtrack. Well, you know, how does that kind of work? Because I'm done with the comic Five minutes before I'm through track one. Yeah. And what you get with this, you know, is you what was it, 170 to 180 page book you know with a soundtrack that will probably accommodate most of the reading time now did you plan it that way i i can't take any credit at all for the soundtrack that was all done we talked about musical influences before we started the book quite a bit and kind of the don is a huge john carpenter fan Mm -hmm. um and in particularly john carpenter's soundtrack work which he did for i think all of his movies that was something Don talked about a lot. And we kind of went back and forth on a lot of our influences and, you know, the kind of music that we would, we would consider in the story kind of helped both of us better conceptualize scenes and, right. and just overall, you know, story and character beats even. And uh, with those conversations in mind, Don started creating his own music, uh, which became an entire soundtrack um over over these last five years and now uh you can listen to that soundtrack while you read you by no means have to but it's cool because you know there's no lyrics so there's no dissonance you know if you can't really read a book while listening to music mm. with any words because there's you know there's just the dissonance of trying to even if you're not consciously doing it you're trying to listen to what's being said and read the word at the same time but his music, like John Carpenter's, is uh, is very atmospheric and scene setting, and um, doesn't need to be read with any specific scenes necessarily. So you can just kind of have it on a loop, um, and it it just serves to heighten mood uh, in in a really cool way. Can I tell you what? Uh, I... Oh, sorry. Go ahead. I don't even know what I was going to say. You go on. <laughs> Jake, God damn it. Oh, jeez. Well, what I was going to say is that it just comes together perfectly on this guy. It really hit me with both barrels because, A, I'm a huge John Carpenter fan. I adore his music. I love that synth-heavy atmospheric sound. It's gorgeous. And I oh, love yeah. the setting under siege kind of thing where you, you get a, a comic like this I, w- I would say akin to something like the walking dead where there's a pervasive constant threat you know every conflict is heightened by the fact that like oh beyond the wall is such and such group of horrible things or or right now that we're under siege by this and that you know there's there's not a moment of real genuine peace there's that undertone of tension that's just everywhere and right. something about that really speaks to me it's I love funny you comment. say that because i was going to compare not that they sound the same but the same kind of fe- the feeling i was getting from the soundtrack uh was very similar to uh the logan score have you heard the logan soundtrack mm-hmm. the oh, cool. last wolverine movie um I've, i mean I've, I've seen the movie five times but i haven't i haven't 
given the soundtrack it's due, I guess. Well, I mean, if you've seen it five times, oh, you've I mean, definitely heard the soundtrack. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. I, no, I, yeah I, I've felt it. I've, I've, I've felt it. And, uh, you know, it's clearly heightened heightened it, the experience without me even noticing it without so far. So that's doubt. Yeah. And that tone that it carries that I'm, you know, also picking up in the soundtrack to this comic is the perfect tone to be, you know, have playing in your ears while you're reading this comic just that uh there's a bit of like that barren kind of a wasteland kind of feel to it you know the the restricted part that's rolled by these big creatures i don't know does that make sense what i'm saying oh yeah yeah i i would um i'd be remiss not to mention so don cardenas d-o-n uh c-a-r-d-e-n-a-s check him uh check him out on soundcloud and you can find the whole soundtrack for free there for anyone curious and for our listeners who are curious about what that music sounds like, just listen closely to the music behind us as we're talking. This is the music but from listener, Packs of the But you've been hearing country. it the whole time. Oh, yeah. snap. <laughs> we tricked them. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, I got crazy quick, didn't I? <laughs> it went from zero to crazy. Right zero up. to crazy real I quick. I love it. What about conventions? You get out to the con scene much, John? Uh, I have to admit we have been woefully behind on the, on the on the whole con circuit, but that's something we're going to rectify now that we're done. So is um, now that we're kind of out of we're out of the basement, we have a product, and it's kind of the oh shit. Now we have to be social and kind of try to sell this thing, um, which is terrible. Uh, the last thing in the world either of us really want to do, but uh, it's going to start at C two E two. In Chicago, uh, we'll we'll have a, a table there wow. um, with with the completed book, and uh, and then we're still kind of trying to hash out the details with both of our schedules. Um, but we'll we'll be planning a, a, as much of a blitz as we can. Um, you know, probably three or four cons over the course of the summer, something like that. That's awesome, man. Starting starting with the big league con too. Yeah. <laughs> that wow. Oh, yeah. Go bigger, you go home. Sometimes right. you go yeah, big well, we and did, then you go we home. Did. We we have been at C two E two in the past, uh, selling individual issues. Okay. Um, but okay. it's been a couple years. Um, so we've really just been finishing the book. Um, so yeah, it's been a good couple of years since we've been to a con. Um, so we're we're stoked to just have the whole thing. I, it, I have trouble sleeping at night sometimes thinking of the people who read issue one five years ago <laughs> and have completely forgotten, um, you know, because it takes, you know, especially if you're working full-time gigs, um, creating a 170-page comic, for, for us at least, is, uh, you know, it's, it's a five-year ordeal, which, oh, um, you know, is quite, quite the journey. I can't imagine seeing that creative process through being a comic creator. Mm. I mean, that is that's some work. Now. Yeah. <laughs> that is some work. Yeah, and we were discovering it as we went, <laughs> so we didn't really know what exactly we were walking into. But it was, uh, if nothing else, it's made me really just appreciate so much more of what I consume. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, doing this show has done the same thing no for question. us. I think yeah. given us much more respect for the comic book and the people who create it inside oh, yeah how much work how much constant constant how much work work passion and time goes into something that you can read in like two or three minutes you can't you know half-ass I mean? it 
you know, it's it's incredible. Right. It's incredible. And then we were at a con with a table, and then we felt what it's really like. <laughs> like, yeah. oh boy, now we're the one with the starvation in our eyes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, John, yep. I want to thank you again for being here with us today. I was able to find your uh, Twitter oh, handle. That was jdudley006. Uh, is there a website people can go to to check out Packs of the Low Country? Nope. Okay. <laughs> That's the first time. Uh, you can. Yeah, there are. Uh, yeah, you'd think we, we – I, I'm not lying when I say we've just been making the comic. Uh, there's a lot we need to get in place. You can find us on Comixology. Cool. Um, I'm, I'm reluctant to throw that out there. It's a good w- place to get a taste. Um, the full book is not available on Comixology. Uh, Five-sixths of it, however, are. And uh, the completed book has a heck of a lot more content than even those issues. But uh, it's a great place to start. You could, you could check those out and, uh, and listen to the music for free on SoundCloud. Yeah, um, yeah you could do worse than that. And our uh, listening base, a lot of them go to C2E2. So, There's a, yeah. Yeah. You, you hear, you're getting yeah, the inside scoop no. <laughs> right here. You yeah, need to pick up. C2E2, it's like the, it's like the Comic-Con uh, headquarters of, of the Midwest. Yeah, it's like the San Diego like the of San Diego. the middle of the America. Right. We need to go. Yeah, and, yeah. and everybody, says, everybody says who's who has been to... Uh, San Diego and New York and C2E2 is kind of like the three big ones. Mm-hmm. All the all the pros that are at C2E2 always say they like it so much more. That everything is just so much more comfortable. Um, even from an like, if you have if you're a fan of you know like a major artist or writer, you can at C2E2 have some level of being able to approach and speak with them that you just would never have at New York or or uh, San Diego. Um, really? So as a really? yeah, as a fan, it and I only say this is <laughs> um, through hearsay, but uh, by all accounts, I've never heard anybody say otherwise. It's by far uh, the most uh, user friendly for you know creators and fans alike. I'll have to remember that. Yeah. I, I mean, every time I see uh, pictures, it looks like a. Uh... Uh, like the last con we did in Columbus, it seems like they're starting to take into consideration the amount of people they're drawing in. They're making their aisles much wider, making it much yeah. more comfortable than being elbow to asshole with every <laughs> person there the whole time you're there. You know what I mean? You get that nice, uh, nice sardine tin effect. <laughs> yes. Oof. Well, it just ruins the whole day. When and the smell. That How do I describe the smell? Teddy <laughs> Congor, you don't. No, they, they, they know. know. They know the smell. You can. You can taste the smell. Yes. <laughs> it is an assault on all senses. So, so you should go. Yeah, what great. I'm trying to say it's is terrific. it's a great time. Oh, yeah, you're not turning me away. I'll still go. I'll, I'll still go. It's all part of the experience. Yeah. Well, John, yeah. again, I want to thank you so much for being here with us today. And the best of luck uh, to you with your comic, Packs of the Low Country. And uh, we'll be tweeting and uh, telling people to pick that up uh, at uh, C2E2 Comixology and check out that soundtrack because that yeah. is really freaking well cool. worth your time. Yeah. I love the, yeah. the whole round Yeah, even if you're not reading the book, just listen to the soundtrack. It's something like, it's, it's, it, it, I can't get over how good it is. And I, I had no, I, when I started the book with Don, I didn't even know that he was capable of such a thing. Like he's, 
he's a musician uh, as much sure as is. an artist. And it's pretty rad. Yeah, I was. I had this room tore up over the weekend cleaning, and I had that soundtrack playing <laughs> while I did. And I got to a pretty grand scope of it. It's, it's really good. Check it out, people. Check it out. But, uh, John, thanks yes, so much sir. for being with us here today, and the best of luck to you, man. Thanks, guys. Anytime. Always happy to, to, to talk shop. Jack, what do we got on the website? Go to candarepodcast.com where you can see show highlights, guest info, listen to the show, follow us on all our social media. Click the merch button, buy some merch. Click the Patreon button, be a patron. Visit the Hall of Heroes, see the Wall of Justice, check out some of the YouTube videos. And if you'd like to be a guest and promote your work, send us an email on our contacts page. And don't forget that's at CandairPod on Twitter and at Canned underscore Air on Instagram. Check it out. And don't forget... February 25th at midnight, the season three premiere of Mr. Mr. Pickles. Yeah. I, again, I, I haven't seen the show yet, but I've seen plenty of like clips and stuff. Yeah. And that's dog looks downright demented. Just the animation. The animation There's is something extremely off-putting. Yeah. Off-putting, but not in a way like where you shouldn't watch. It's, uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. I know I'm going to be watching it. Mr. Pickles, February 25th at midnight. Anything else, guys? Let's wrap that's a wrap. Yep. Wrap Until next time, I'm Jeremy Colley. I'm Jack Doherty. I'm Jake Runyon. And I'm John Dudley. <laughs> there it is. There it is. Thanks for listening, everyone. <laughs> I like turtles. <laughs> <laughs> I'm bored. I wish we were buzzed. Let's drink Daddy's cough syrup. This is where he keeps the good stuff. You don't need drugs to get high. Talk! You just need the Can Damn Podcast. That's good advice. Now we know. And no one is half the battle. Just one question. What are you doing outside the window? <laughs> Tell your mama to call me. G.I. Joe!
Okay. And don't forget, that's at CandairPod on Instagram and at Nope. History is complicated. The story of human progress is long, messy, and riddled with controversies big and small. On Conflicted, we dive headfirst into history's most infamous events and contentious figures. We try and untangle the good from the bad, the fact from the fiction, and the monsters from the misunderstood. Was Genghis Khan a murderous butcher or a civic pioneer? Did the Allied powers go too far in firebombing the German city of Dresden at the twilight of World War II? And how did the Marquis de Sade acquire such a sinister reputation? And was any of it true? These are just a few of the tough questions we wrestle with and investigate on Conflicted. So if you love history or just enjoy a good story, please join me, your host, Zach Cornwell, for a fascinating new topic each and every month. Conflicted, a history podcast, is available on Spotify, Apple, or wherever else you get your podcasts. I hope to see you soon. Thank you.